Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. I'm your co-host Mitch Adams, joined today by Eric Howard of Joshy Pod. Say g'day Eric. G'day. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have left the opening open. But, and we're also joined by uh, Tom Fane of Monthly Pure Riso. How are you going today, Tom? Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, cool. You, you guys recognise Tom Fane. He was on this podcast a few few months ago, and please be nice to him. He's sort of my boss, so we, have to, we, have, we can't have to kiss his butt a little bit around here, but I digress. <laughs> I don't have to. No, you don't have to. You get it. You don't work for him. I do. I have to kiss his rear. But I'm on the attack. He's a Dodger fan, so I'm straight on the attack from the get go. Okay. Well, I I know nothing about American sports, so you know attack week. So okay. Oh, this is a great way to start one. Well, I think we'll just get straight into the main topic today, and that is, of course, CM Punk's triumphant return to professional wrestling. He came back. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news <laughs> breaking news i'm sure yeah man uh that massive all elite wrestling debut on rampage last week um of the fall the, that promo was amazing you can see the tears in his eyes just so much raw emotion the crowd was so hot i mean they they pretty much broke the house mics in the arena that pop was so loud um Tom, I'm going to go to you first because I know you're a massive CM Punk fan and you've been waiting this for years. So, no, what was your first thoughts about no CM Punk's return? I mean, obviously it was phenomenal for AEW. Uh, for CM Punk, I thought he did, you know, exactly what he wanted to do. He spoke from the heart. He connected with the fans like only he could do. And, you know, he set things up for himself to uh, have a final run and a good chapter, good ending chapter to his wrestling career. Mm. Eric, what, what were your initial thoughts about Punk's Return? I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I haven't always been the biggest CM Punk worker fan. Uh, I don't like his in-ring work as, that much, but uh, on the mic, he's, he's terrific. And he, he does speak from the heart or he makes you believe he's speaking from the heart, which is, you know, it's wrestling. It's, it's cutting a promo. That's what you, you want to believe what they're saying. And I believe and uh, it's uh, super exciting to see something super exciting in wrestling right now. Cause it's, uh, it's been a little while for me to, for the crowd, for anything to, to be that excited. So it was, it was real cool to see the, the fans emotion in the stands. That poor gentleman got kind of beat up on the internet a little bit, but uh, um, I love seeing that, you know, it's what, when I was a kid and it's, it's what, what wrestling should be for all of us, you know, it's, it's guys wrestling and playing in spandex. Right. And it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's what um, we're all little kids watching wrestling, I think. And we all became little kids again last Friday when we saw CM Absolutely. Punk come out yeah. and then re debut. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I felt so badly for the guy because you're right. He got, he got, you know, really picked on on social media, which just is not cool. I mean, 
it, it, it felt so wrong to me that that guy, you know, just expressing how big of a fan he was in that moment, you know, how, how much that meant to him as a fan. It was just, that was just so uncool. And, you know, I really liked the reaction of uh, a lot of pro wrestlers and former pro wrestlers who gave that guy support. I know one, um, uh, Tommy Dreamer made a special point to try and find out who that uh, gentleman was to um, uh, invite him to a busted open radio show and to impact wrestling taping. So kudos for Tommy Dreamer for doing that. Um, obviously, you know, CM Punk went into great detail about what he wants to do in AEW. He wants to wrestle the new guys. He wants to put the new guys over. Uh, his first feud, his first match back is going to be against Darby Allen. Um, that, obviously, that's going to be a lot of fun. But what are, you, uh, what are some of the people that you, you would like to see Punk wrestle in AEW, Tom? Um, well... Darby Allen's a good start. I think I would have rather seen him go for somebody his own size, I guess, a heavyweight. Uh, I consider Darby Allen kind of a, you know, I'm a Japanese wrestling fan, so I, I see things in terms of weight divisions. And I, I, I know that Brian Cage is a big, big fan of comics himself, um, the Swolverine. And I would have liked to have seen Punk maybe pick on someone his own size, so to speak, or kind of go up as against somebody who could make him look good. That makes punk appear the underdog going against Darby Allen as much swagger and as much, um, I guess, momentum as he has going for him um, with sting in his corner. I, I see punk as kind of, I see Darby as more of the underdog, right? Cause punk has such a monolithic um, stature among fans and Darby Allen's still, you know, trying to prove himself. He, he, to everybody that's watched AEW from day one, which there's at least a few hundred thousand of us, um, you know, they, they see Darby Allen as being over and as being enigmatic and exciting and stuff. But what about all the fans that are tuning in for the first time? I think they would have liked to have seen Punk go up against a real challenge and, uh, that would be my only gripe, I guess. Uh, I'd like, I'd, I would have liked to have seen something like that for his first match. Now, for, for go, moving forward, I think uh, obviously, you know, I'm along for the ride. I, I'm not one to try to try to be a, a keyboard warrior, warrior and a booker here here in LA. But um, but you know, he, he he's got a lot of different things he could do. Obviously, I'd like to see him bring AJ Lee in, who could you know then wrestle with some of these women and maybe do some. Uh, some some stuff with that with 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 a little bit of drama uh if daniel bryan comes back i would like to see them honestly booked in a tag team i saw them live as a tag team in 2013 and they were phenomenal and that would put less work and less strain on punk's body so uh there's different things you could do you know if jericho ends up not becoming retired you got jericho and then punks is stated you know when he returned he wants to he wants to wrestle some of these young guys that are exciting so you you've got those kids in top flight um, you've got your private party and, and, and all, you know, on, on down the line to jungle boy. Yeah. Uh, Eric, how about you, mate? Uh, are you excited for punk versus Derby? And what are some of the other matches you would like to see punk, uh, doing AEW? I, I'm not excited for punk versus Darby. I'd, I'd rather have Darby be at the end and have his crowning achievement being, being punk at the end and, and finally, you know, getting to be a, a top guy in the company where I think they think he's going to be, but yeah, I don't want either one of those guys to win. I don't want either one of those guys to lose. 
those matches. So it's it's really interesting how they're going to book their way out of it or however. I, in Tony, I trust right now, so I'm not going to doubt it too much. But um, going forward, I mean, obviously, you'd like to see him wrestle Omega. Um, that's, you know, kind of a, a dream match, I think, is just the, the, the different generations of guys. Um, who else would I like? Like to see him. I mean, there's so many guys there that uh, are fresh matchups. You know, the the Jungle Boys. I would love to see him wrestle Jungle Boy at some point. Um, uh, MJF would be an amazing, you know, microphone feud. Um, I think that's uh, something we're all going to really look forward to when that finally happens. You, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, it's uh, two generations of the biggest mouse in the, in the business. You know, are, are going to face off, and it's going to be um, really exciting. And I hope it pays off, you know, give it a year, you know, have, have them build it up for, for quite yeah. a while. But MGF, I think is probably the ultimate um, end game where the, the, I wouldn't say he's like the current CM Punk, but um, he's got the mouth of CM Punk. He can go one-on-one and, you know, with CM Punk on the mic. And I think that's what uh, builds matchups more than anything else right now is just uh, the, the mic work and, you know, getting personal and shooting brother kind of stuff sometimes, you know, and, and having fun with that kind of stuff. Those two, I think we'll have a whole lot of fun together uh, working and, and talking some trash. Yeah, that would be fun. A uh, CM Punk, MJF, just, you know, bell of them. Mike's would be, would be pretty cool. Um, regarding um, the match with Derby, I, I know Tom hates it when people play uh, uh, armchair booker and that kind of thing, but, I have an idea that perhaps Mr. Tony Khan will have this, um, perhaps a, a dirty finish, maybe a DQ or something or a can out or whatever. And, you know, at some point, uh, Punk and Sting will start fighting and then Darby will start attacking him. And that's how they would introduce uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever his ring name will be in AEW. And then we'll get that tag team scenario that uh, you guys talked about. So I think that's... I would love to see them wrestle the Lucha Brothers. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, that would be an amazing match as well. I'm, uh, speaking of which, I'm looking forward to um, uh, this. May be a bit of a spoiler for those who have not seen AEW Rampage today, but I'm looking forward to Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros uh, in the uh, Steel Cage match. It all out. That's going to be an incredible match. Just a quick style on there. Um, I saw those guys wrestle in Tijuana. It was an amazing, amazing match. Yeah, well, nice. they, they they are phenomenal. I I saw uh, Penta L Zero M uh, in World Series Wrestling in melbourne in 2018 that was a that was just when lucha underground was you know going down and his star was rising that was yeah that was an, an amazing uh, he wrestled a local competitor by the name of cracker jack it was a absolutely amazing match yeah ray phoenix I mean, is probably my favorite wrestler in the world right now i think ray yeah. phoenix oh, good yeah. choice. he's he's so good he's so good those those just those high flying moves is so fluid like mm-hmm. it's just it's absolutely amazing uh one thing CM Punk talked about uh, with Tony Khan uh, after his debut at the uh, uh, press conference that they did afterwards, which is on YouTube, guys, I highly recommend you watch that, is that uh, if, t- if Tony asked him, he would happily go to New Japan. So, you know, Tom, I'll start this with you. I mean, you're the resident Puro expert. What would you say about you know, Punk going to New Japan at some point when hopefully things in the world calm down somewhat and that becomes possible? And what would you like to see him do over there? Honestly, I'd like to see it kind of uh, uh, go the other way around. I'd like to see New Japan come to punk. So I'd like, uh-huh. I'd like uh, somebody to kind of infiltrate Dynamite from the strong roster, whether that would be uh, Carl Fredres or Clark Connors or TJP, who, whomever. 
that he could then come over and wrestle on strong because I think that they're really um, uh, there's 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 a lot of work but a lot of potential as well with New Japan Strong here in the U.S. and building up their live audience and their tour support and obviously a quick not a quick but you know a a, a big win for New Japan would be to have CM Punk or Brian Danielson the American Dragon wrestle under the Lions Mark logo right here in America. And then they could take things over to Tokyo, you know, obviously if, if things work out, but that's kind of how I'd like to see that relationship unfold. If it does unfold that, I mean, the, the whole internet wants to see Brian Danielson over there wrestling in the G one. I don't think it's going to be that simple. Um, so I would like to see maybe, uh, you know, the, the relationship between new Japan and AEW continue, um, sort of slowly building up because of the way Japanese business is and having that trust factor, um, you saw what impact did with Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada when he was a uh, young lion, and Eesh. they still, I mean, they're trying to kind of mend that, but I mean, their relationship was ruined for years. So yeah. I think you've got to give Punk a little bit of time to shake off the ring rust and to do a little bit of work in AEW. And then I would like to see some of these guys that we, that you and I both know have put in the work um, here, here at the LA Dojo. Uh, maybe get a shot on dynamite. Maybe they get squashed, but they get a shot with CM Punk and that, that, um, you know, that would do wonders for those guys. That's true. Uh, just quickly before I go to you, Eric, I think, you know, the one match, New Japan uh, Punk crossover match people would obviously really want to see is Punk versus Kenta. Uh, mm-hmm. The battle of the GTSs. So I think <laughs> at some, somewhere at some point that will happen. And I'm, 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 I'm 100% there for it. Eric, uh, if Punk went to Japan or if Japan went to him, what would you like to see him do? I don't think he could hang with some of the guys in Japan. He, and he never could, I don't think. At his, in his best day, he couldn't go with Okada. He, you know, he just doesn't have the ability that some of those guys. Um, I, I would like him to wrestle Shingo Tagagi and, uh, you know, um, Tanahashi. You know, that, that's who I'd like to see him wrestle against. That's probably more his speed. Yeah, because I don't, yeah, I don't think he couldn't go 50, 60 minutes, you know, and he never could. And why would he now at, at the age he's at and the, you know, the, the, his layoff as well, you know? So um, yeah, I think it'd the be expectations a, I think should be tempered for sure. Absolutely. Cause yeah, he's, he's not Danielson, you know, he's, he's not Danielson in the ring. He he's, never was, he was good, but he never was like elite. No pun intended. Um, but uh, I mean, a Tokyo dome show with punk and Danielson on it would be amazing. Um, in a, you know, in the, in the right spot in a, in a Jericho kind of, kind of spot in, you know, in, in the, uh, upper mid card, you know, match against, um, somebody like Tanahashi or, uh, you know, I think that's the best fit for those for, for punk. I think Danielson's a better fit at the top of the card, but I think, uh, punk is probably more of an upper mid card against Tanahashi or somebody like that. I, you know, I agree with you, but I honestly think God, people like Okada, Naito, and Suzuki can have great matches with anybody, irregardless of styles or American, Japanese, Mexican style, whatever. And I think if Punk did stuff with one of those three guys or Kenta, I like Kenta the list of people that can have great matches with anybody from any you know, uh, working standpoint. So I think if something along those lines would happen, that would be really fun to see. I, I would personally, any sort of match with Suzuki uh, wrestling Western guys, I'm all for because I'm a massive Suzuki fan. <laughs> so I'll, 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 happily, I'll happily see Suzuki 
beat the tar out of punk for 20 minutes. You know, I don't care. That would, that would just be fun. <laughs> that would just be fun. You want to try some MMA, kid, huh? Here's some real MMA for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, that might be a bit ugly, wouldn't it? No, but still. <laughs> It will be fun to see just to see Suzuki and Punk interact as well because Suzuki's a lot more charismatic than people give him credit for. So oh. seeing those two in the ring just just riffing would be would be hilarious. So because yeah, I, remember- I mean Punk Punk could talk a talk the the talk that needs to be talked and Minoru Suzuki is just look at him he's gonna murder you. So yeah, yeah they, they both have they're both real in that in that kind of way. Yeah, but Suzuki can do a bit of the character stuff too when they mm-hmm. be. I remember he uh, bristled Cody in the Ring of Honor and uh, at some point during the match he had like kicked him out of the ring and he was doing calisthenics in, inside the ring as a taunt and I thought that was very funny. He knows more English than he lets on too. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, if, if, I, if, if I ever got the chance to interview him, that'd be a dream. But yeah, I digress. I got to meet him at his, uh, his store in, in Tokyo and yeah, he knows more English than he lets on for sure. I think a lot of those guys do, to be honest with you. I remember um, the two not, uh, 2019 New Japan Tour, I just finished interviewing Aaron Hanare, and I was leaving the, the, the hotel where I interviewed him. And Gato was outside the front, and he was doing something on his phone, probably booking. So I had I, I knew I didn't have time, so I just said, um, excuse me, Gato-san. Uh, I introduced myself, told him I was, who I was, I was writing for a dirt shit at the time, so I introduced myself and... I just said, thank you. Thank you for having bringing you Japan to Australia. I hope you have a great show today. And he just shook my hand and said, yeah, no problem, no problem. All good. And I just walked off, rushed off. Because <laughs> I was, I was kind cool. of marking cool. out a little bit and I was trying yeah. to act professional. But I digress. Yeah, yeah I, like, I think a lot of those guys speak more English later on. I, I actually ran into Tanahashi too then as well. And he, he speaks more English than, than he lets on as well. I was actually yeah. also very surprised at how short Tanahashi was. I, I'm taller than he is. So that's that's yeah. man. larger than life, but yeah, yeah. Well, he's built six one. He's five nine. But oh yeah, there's no way. <laughs> I you you saw the picture of me and Jay White. Um, yeah, I know that surprised me. Tom, how tall are you? I'm five eleven, and Jay White was about my height, and I was like, I had a little bit more girth on me. I mean, I do spend a lot of time in the weight room, but I never expected because of you know, watching him work and flex his muscles and stuff that I would be anywhere near his size. So it, it's, the camera does wonders for those guys, but you know, they do, they, they do a ton of work to uh, get to the point where they can, you know, have those shadows around their abs that I could never have. Or, so, um, Tanahashi, Tanahashi's got to be five ten max. I don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm, six say tall and I'm much taller than him. Yeah. Book him as seven foot, as far as I'm concerned. Just, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. He's, he's that amazing. Me, so. <laughs> Okada's, Okada's legit tall, though. I mean, I yeah, he is. Okada, he looks tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he is. He is. He's, he's about six foot three, six foot four. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, you told me talking about you know having lean muscle and stuff. I'm happy having the Kevin Owens, Kevin Stain physique, big arms, big beer <laughs> guts. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm cool. I, I, I enjoy my whiskey too much. It's, it's fine. <laughs> oh man, I cut alcohol and carbs out a couple months ago and to in order to cut cut down and it's not fun let me tell you eating vegetables and meat every day no that's that's why i don't do it um i'm i'll be way too cranky but you know i digress now as you guys know this is a, a podcast not just about pro wrestling it's also about comic books um and i'll be i'll be no it'll be selling him short if i didn't speak about sam puck's accomplishments uh, accomplishments, I should say, in the world of comic book writing, because he's written for several publications, mostly Marvel. 
Uh, he wrote the forward for the um, now legendary X-Men versus Avengers uh, limited series. Uh, he wrote uh, Drax the Destroyer for Marvel comic books. He's written a couple of things with DC and Dark Horse as well. His wife, AJ Lee, has uh, done amazing things in the world of comic books. She's just written a Wonder Woman comic book and is writing screenplays with uh, Lucifer actor Amy Garcia, which is one of my favourite oh. shows and favourite actors. So I know, uh, Eric, uh, I know Tom's not much of a comic book fan as much as, I, as hard as I've tried to get him involved <laughs> into it. How about you? Do, you? do you read comics or...? Not really. I mean, oh man, I'm done. <laughs> the after, I'll be honest with you. When I was a kid, I was so into wrestling that mm. the after mags were my uh, comic books. Those were my superheroes. That that's who I mean. I watched Batman on TV, the old Adam West Batman stuff when I was a kid, but in some Spider Man and stuff. But you know, the after mags, those guys were my superheroes. That's who yeah. I gravitated towards, and you know, I, I saw them as superheroes as as much as Superman or, or anything like that. So I did watch like the cartoons and stuff, but I never got really too too into uh, comic books. No, breaking my heart here, boys. Breaking my heart, but. <laughs> I'd argue yeah, I watched it. Batman too. I and Batman was enough superhero for me. He's 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 all I ever needed. Oh yeah, I know you're you're big in the um old animated series and the original movies, aren't you? So. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Tom, I, I made this recommendation. I don't know if you saw it. Have you ever seen um uh, Batman Under the Red Hood? A DC. Uh, no, no, it's on my it's on my HBO Max list there. That ever since you mentioned it, I got to get around to it. It's, in my opinion, it's the best um, DC animated film. It's absolutely wow. superb. You would, have, you, would, you would enjoy it. It's stellar voice cast and, and the story's excellent. So, yeah. So, Mitchell, Mitchell, real quick. Yep. Tell me, um, sell me on why I should read some of uh, CM Punk's comics. Well, for starters, he's a lifelong comic book fan, so he knows uh, the world, he knows all of that. But he actually has very surprising... Uh, pro style. I, I really enjoyed the way he wrote. Um, it was very, I don't know if you, you probably don't, but have you ever heard of a comic book writer by the name of Alan Moore? I have not. He's a British writer and he wrote uh, the original Watchmen um, graphic novel, uh, which was turned to a film. Uh, he wrote, uh, several of his uh, works have been adapted to films, much to his chagrin because he hates adaptation, but he wrote a uh, Batman the Killing Joke, which is considered one of the better Batman stories ever. Um, and he has this very dark, very, very intelligent prose style. It's, it's very old English literature, if that makes sense. And Punk, uh, he, he kind of adapted that to a point, but he Americanized it, if that makes sense. More of an American idiom uh, of um, that old fashioned English prose style. And I really enjoyed his writing. So if, if you like old English um, literature, by any chance, like something like Dickens or, 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 the, or, or new English literature like Neil Gaiman, who's also a comic book writer, but also writes novels. So you would, you would enjoy it if, if that would be, that would how I would sell it to you, Eric. So. Does any wrestling bleed over in his writing at all? Um, not really. Uh, uh, AJ Lee's uh, did because she wrote a, a comic book based on the uh, Glow Netflix Glow, yeah. series. But uh, he, uh, it was during the period where Punk didn't want to talk about or have anything to do with wrestling. So he just focused primarily on, 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 on mm -hmm. the heroes. So. Yeah. Do you know of any any reason why Marvel uh, kind of gave him the free reign to write Drax? Does he have a well? Kind of... The problem is Drax was a spinoff, obviously, of Guardians of the Galaxy comic, and it was cancelled after a few issues. It didn't sell well, sadly. Um, but the reason why they gave him that was because he 
during his peak in WWE, he was invited to write the forward for um, X-Men versus Avengers. And they were impressed by his level of knowledge and how well that uh, 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 intro was. And so they decided, okay, if you ever want to write for us, let us know. And after he left wrestling, he gave him a call and said, you know, what can I do for you guys? Any chances? And they were looking to spin off a few characters and they offered him this, this and that and he picked Drax. So, so question for you that, I mean, wrestling fans know CM Punk have, have written comic books and probably are a little more accepting of him writing comic books. How does the comic book community see CM Punk in, in coming into their industry? Believe it or not, the comic book industry, if it's, if it's somebody who genuinely loves comic books, and generally loves the characters, they tend to be very forgiving. Like, obviously, at first, it was like, you know, oh, you know, this wrestler coming in, he's not a real writer, that kind of thing. But after the end result came out and people uh, read, they, they were impressed. So, obviously, there was a hesitation at first, but eventually they were impressed. All kinds of people have gone to the comic books. Like, serious authors have gone to the comic books. Stephen King has written some really good comic books. So, which is why, you know, when that Bill Maher bloke uh, went on his little rant after Stan Lee passed away, a lot of, uh, a, lo- a lot of people were right, quite rightly calling him out because, uh, you know, comic book writing is, no, it's, 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 it's not a lesser genre of literature, shall we say. It's, it's a genre on its own and it's completely valid in the world of, you know, no uh, literature and, and that's just my opinion i think that's the opinion most people share but you know what sticking with the comic book thing eric you host a wonderful podcast called the joshi pod which Thank is you. all about all the you know, wonderful female professional wrestlers in japan and all the great promotions and uh well me and tom are working on this little thing about uh, for the next issue of monthly pure so where we uh compare no, some of the biggest and baddest Joshi wrestlers with some of the biggest and baddest female comic book characters. So I thought I might just start things off here and give you guys a little sneak preview of, uh, would that be issue number six uh, with uh, Tom Fane or was it issue number five? I'm, I've lost track. So. Six. We're going to be on number six. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Yeah, you should be, mate. It should be very exciting. And I'm going to start off. So contrary to the title, contrary to the title, we're uh, we're still publishing quarterly, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, moved to monthly. Yeah, let's fingers crossed, mate. You guys have been doing a great job. I mean, it's very impressive. Thank you. Well, all the credit to Tom Fane and a little more to our, uh, his associate editor, Stephen. Uh, give a shout out to him because he's really been helping us out. And I've tried to do as much as I can, but I've got my own stuff to do as well. So it's just. Kudos to Tom and Stephen for really putting that whole magazine together. It's an absolutely wonderful publication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said, he's my boss. So I'm going to kiss his rear a little bit and tell all my listeners to, uh, to grab <laughs> yourself a copy at uh, monthlypurerisu.com. So back copies are also available. So, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just going to get straight stuck into this. And uh, I'm going to start with an obvious one. Uh, Marky Ito. Everybody loves Marky Ito, and I can only the best comparison I can give to her is obviously Harley Quinn. She's Harley Quinn to That's exactly who exactly who I would affect as well. And Maki Maki's wonderful. She's been a guest on my podcast. She did her first English interview on the Joshi Pod. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome to have her on. But yeah, she's definitely Harley Quinn. Yeah, man. I thought Alexa Bliss kind of took that. Uh... That gimmick, no? Well, she did. You can but, you can look like it, but not be the not be the living embodiment. I, of, I don't uh, watch WWE, so I've only seen pictures. Yeah. But she looks just like her. 
that yeah. the, her, her gimmick change was absolutely inspired by Harley Quinn, but eventually it turned into like um, uh, Flashpoint Martha Wayne. And uh, if, you're not, <laughs> if you're not familiar with that, that's when the Flash turns but goes back in time to um, uh, save his mother from being murdered and winds up creating a whole bunch of chaos in the timeline where uh, uh, Bruce Wayne beca- uh, Bruce Wayne is the one that's shot in the alley. His father becomes Batman and his mother becomes a Joker. So it's a very wild comic book that I would suggest people check out. No, you just blew my mind uh, talking about how the Batman's dad became Batman and Bruce Wayne and all got shot. And yeah, that just did. Uh, I'd never heard that before. I'm, I'm actually interested in reading about that. Well, it, the, the comic series is called a flashpoint. It was a seven, eight special flash comic. So, you know, ch- check that out if you want. You know, it's all good. Yeah. And yeah, it interests me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm learning. So, I'm learning. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm here to, I'm here to educate. Yeah, so obviously Marky Ido is a lot more like um, Harley Quinn than uh, Alexa Bliss is these days. No, obviously the mannerisms and all the um, attention-seeking and all that stuff. I mean, Marky Ido is tied for being my favourite Joshi with uh, Mayu Iwatane from um, Stardom. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Ido and I'm so happy that she's finally getting her push and is man-eventing Russell Princess. It's long overdue and, you know... As, as much as, as cool as Maya Yamashita is, I'm hoping Maki Aito goes over because I think she's earned it by now. So. Yeah, her wrestling has gotten so much better in the last couple of years too. She, before she was a gimmick that was a wrestler. Now she's a wrestler and the gimmick. You know, she's, she's both. She's, she's gotten so good and, and uh, she had to work hard at it too. She, she's not a natural athlete. You can see she's not, you know, so she had to work really hard and uh, yeah, she deserves where she's at now on the card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to give you a more obscure one this time. Uh, Let's see here. Where did I put my notes? Here we go. Starlight Kid, the now evil, villainous, vicious Starlight Kid, who used to be so cutesy and so happy, 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 joy, joy, if I can quote Ren and Stimpy there just quickly. (laughs) Um, I reckon uh, at this present moment, she's a lot like the Marvel villain Typhoid Mary. Now, if you don't know who Typhoid Mary is, she is a mutant, an enemy of the X-Men, an enemy of Daredevil, who uh, is essentially a split personality. Uh, you know, uh, her real name is Mary, and she's a very happy-go-lucky, very cutesy person, but she also has a split personality, Mary, which is a psychotic, military-trained killer. <laughs> so I'm making this comparison with Starlight Kid because... Yeah, imagine being her boyfriend. <laughs> well she, uh, she dated daredevil for a bit which didn't end too well so yeah. um yeah and so you know i'm making that comparison with starlight kid because even though you know uh tom saw this before anybody did tom saw you know starlight kid betraying uh mayo iwatane even after mayo iwatane did that whole um five versus one match to try and win her back from uh, uh from the villainous stable but gauntlet didn't she win yeah. yeah, she won, but Star- Starlight, Starlight Kid didn't yeah. want any part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she went, she went full heel. She went dark, man. And I, 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 even though I probably should have seen it, I was shocked because Starlight Kid was just so, such a happy-go-lucky character as a baby face, and um, Awatani, you know, did, you know, I was really digging the story of Awatani doing everything she possibly could, going through so much struggles to win back her protege, and only for a protege to kick the tar out of her at the end of that <laughs> five-on-one gauntlet, no. So Maya Iwatani, so, I mean, she's Wonder Woman, right? I'd say so. 
<laughs> she she, yeah, she, she certainly Wonder Woman. One, yeah, either she, Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel, but I would prefer her to be Wonder Woman because I find Captain Marvel too overpowered. <laughs> no, I think Mayu is, uh, is absolutely Wonder Woman. She's been Wonder Woman for that company for, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, nobody can keep her down. She always rises up at the end. So, yeah, Mayu is my, that's about the almost obvious one for me was Mayu being Wonder Woman. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I wish I put that into my article about Mayu Watane in uh, issue number, was it issue number two or issue number three, Tom, that I wrote about Mayu? Because uh, that's... I think it was four, man. Oh, oh no, it was, t- <laughs> it, was uh, it was three that you wrote about Mayu specifically, yeah. Number four, we did the anime comparison with the, uh, with the different ladies from both promotions. Yeah, and it was three. Four. Yeah, in issue five, I compared TJP Tobia with World Wonder Ring Stardom. So I'm sorry about the cheap plugs here, guys, but you know, he's my boss. I have to kiss his rear, like I see. So. <laughs> Plug away, shoot. We got, uh, I think that one's on, on our, web, our brand new website as well. So you can check out the Mitchell's issue number three piece on, on monthlyparisu.com. Absolutely. Another cheap plug. Mick Foley will be proud of us. We're, ch- we're plugging everything lately. So <laughs> Hey, I got an interview with him, did I tell you? Yes, you did. You did say about Mick Foley, which is another segue I was going to go into just for you to sell that one. <laughs> what, well, what kind of comic book character should we tell him he is? <laughs> oh, um, well, he said the match we're going to be talking about was in AJPW 2002. He said he rolled up to it in a wheelchair and he rolled out of that match in a wheelchair. So I'm guessing <laughs> Professor X. Maybe Professor. Oh, he's a little too enigmatic. <laughs> Well, actually, in Marvel comic books, Santa Claus is uh, not a member of the X-Men, but he is a mutant, and he's classified as the most powerful mutant ever uh, recorded by Professor X. So that's no joke. In Marvel comics, Santa Claus is the most powerful mutant that the X-Men have ever encountered. So there you go. Foley's a good good job, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, Foley's a real good guy, Tom. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, he's he. Uh, I met him, and I had luckily uh, we had ha- exchanged like two DMs in the past, so I had a little bit of a uh, you know because you can't just blindly hit him up, and so I sent him a picture of the two of us, and I said, "Hey, man, and, you know, you gave me some real words of encouragement." He he signed a photo uh, of him diving off the hell hell in the cell as a, as a, as actually here I got to get it. It looks like a comic book drawing. Hold on. Hold on for Tom Tom Fang, ladies and gents. Oh, wow, that looks cool. Oh, that's cool. Tell you what, that's brother, cool. you should take a photo of that and uh, put it up on socials because that looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's you might have too. to edit that, uh, edit, edit, edit the silence there, but I wanted to show it to you. It said, dear Tom, keep taking risks. So, and I never forgot that. It wasn't long after he signed this photo for me that I, it was probably within days or weeks that Okada versus Kenny Omega best of three falls happen. And I mean, the, the inspiration from that's really what you can draw the ma- our magazine back to. So, I mean, Mick Foley, I felt like I owed him one too, because there's not a lot out there. That story needs to be told. And, you know, he loves having his, um, um, you know, image preserved and the work that he did preserve for the younger generations. And guess where that's going to be? It's going to be on, on the internet, but we'll have mm-hmm. uh, the Q and a with him about his match with Kawada. 
and uh, hopefully it goes well. So we, I got about 30 minutes with him. But yeah, he, he told me to keep taking risks. So here, here I am with a print magazine, 2021. <laughs> nice one. I've never been more crestfallen to have to let you know. I'm not recording video. So, so not oh, no, I wanted to show it to you guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Oh. Okay, well, show it to everyone if you can, Matt, because that looks absolutely incredible. Once, once the interview comes out, man, show that thing to everybody because it looks absolutely amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks really cool. Well, I've got one more for you guys, and this one might be a bit more obscure for you, but uh, Julia from Stardom, she actually looks a lot like this character as well, and she acts like her too. It's a DC, minor DC Comics villain, villainess, I should say, by the name of Killer Frost who is a female version of Mr. Freeze, but uh, doesn't need to use uh, a gun. And, and she's very cold and very calculating. And I think that's Julia to a T because she's very cold and very calculating in the ring. She's a superb technician. And that's my comparison for Julia. So. She was very cold to ice cream and they aren't very, uh, very uh, fond of her. So uh, <laughs> an ice queen might be a good name for her. Well, ice, yeah, ice, ice queen serving the Italian ice cream. I don't know. Because <laughs> she, she has a Italian. You're, you're going to get on with Max Castro now? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aussies don't rap. I think if you've proved with Iggy Azalea, we're, we're, not, the, we're not the authorities on hip-hop. So, although that's unfair. Like, Iggy's a bad example. There are actually some a good... Uh, anybody who's ever checked out... Um, uh, Hilltop Hoods or Bliss Nesso knows there are, is actually some good Aussie hip hop. Oh, yeah. That's I digress. So, <laughs> well, guys, I think that just about wraps it up. I mean, we've talked about so many wonderful subjects. Punk's returning. Uh, we hope AJ Lee maybe makes a return. Um, we've talked about those two's wonderful contributions to comic books, and you should all check those comic books out. And we've made some great comparisons between Joshi performers and comic book characters as well. This has been a really fun episode. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I love speak. it. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> no, I no, I, I had a great time. I learned about some uh, comic books that I didn't uh, know about before, and uh, it's always fun chatting uh, with uh, with new people. Tom, it's, it's nice to meet you guys, and Mitchell, yeah, it's good it's to nice, meet you, nice to meet you face. as well. You too, yeah, it's it's nice to see you guys, and, and Mitchell, man, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more of your interviews. The Danny Limelight stuff is really really good. I know how much uh, he's into to comic books and uh, he's a SoCal guy like me. He's from, you know, been in San Diego, started in San Diego. So um, yeah, if I can send other guys your way, I'll send other guys your way for, uh, cause I know a bunch of guys that are into comic books. Jeez, man. I appreciate it. Well guys, thank you. All so right. much. That, that was Eric Howard of Joshi pod. Joshi pod. Do you want to plug any socials? Uh, at the Joshi pod. I'm also starting a podcast soon where I'm going to interview some uh, Southern California wrestlers uh, going from the worldwide audience to just Southern California local uh, stuff, you know, it's, it's what I enjoy. I enjoy talking to, to wrestlers. I enjoy talking about wrestling with other people and just hearing their stories. And I love that. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to anybody and meeting new people. And uh, yeah, and Tom's uh, an adventure and entrepreneur and I uh, look up to him. He's uh, doing some amazing things. And, and Mitchell, it's very nice to meet you. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear more of your interviews, bud. Thank you very much. I'm not going to give Tom a chance to plug his uh, magazine or plug his socials because we've done that enough today, <laughs> I think. Yeah, we've we got, <laughs> got everything we needed. Yeah, cool. Right. And, of course, I'm on, at, uh, on Twitter at spandex underscore pod. 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, same uh, handle. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys today, can't guys. see him, but he's literally wearing spandex right now. He, when he does the interviews, he's in spandex. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. I'm glad the video is off. It's bright blue too. I got to change colors at some point. Come on, Mitchell. <laughs> oh, well, I'm working on a budget. Okay, I've, I've, I've got I've got the jobber to- I've got the jobber tights on today. Okay, I'm blowing my budget on baby powder just to get in and out of these things. Trust me. <laughs> I hope you have the air conditioning on. It's probably pretty warm over there. Uh, no, actually, it's north. Oh, it's winter. Yeah, oh, that's right. It's opposite. Yeah, it's opposite. Yeah. Yeah. We're opposite land, of course. Does the toilet flush the other way for in real life, or is that pretend? <laughs> no, it doesn't. We don't have spinning toilets at all. But if if we had spinning toilets, we would. What we have is a different mechanism. It's um, it's a water saver thing because we're in drought. It doesn't actually spin. It uh, just sucks. So it's 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 hard to explain. But if if we did I'm have gonna, spinning toilets, that making, would be I'm going to keep asking Australian questions until you until you cut me off. I'm going to ask you about Vegemite and neighbors and all kinds of mystery in between. I'm going to ask you everything I know about Australia right now. I'm just glad you know. I asked him if there was Komodo dragons there the first time we talked. I really <laughs> thought there were. Yeah, and I cracked myself laughing when he said that. I mean, it was I, the crocodile. It was the crocodile hunter. I just had an image in my head of the crocodile hunter staring down a Komodo dragon, but I guess that was my imagination. Yeah. How many kangaroos have you they, boxed in your life? They, <laughs> they come from a little island in Indonesia that's literally called Komodo. That's why they call Komodo And dragon. you play the didgeridoo. I'm not allowed to. I'm a white fella. It's 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 no, it's, it's Aboriginal. Not a, oh. No, <laughs> every every white fella that does is actually breaking Aboriginal laws. So. Really? Okay. Yeah, they, they they don't like it too much. They don't like any kind of cultural appropriation, which I can't really blame them for. So I don't blame them either. Yeah, I'm, I, you've educated me very good. Thank you. Fair enough. Okay. All right, guys. Yep. I'm gonna run. All right. Thank you so much, Eric. I I like I put two and two together at the last minute that maybe you should join us. So I appreciate you coming on. Oh, my pleasure. It was so much fun, guys. Thank you. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next two weeks, guys. Thank you so much. Too sweet us. See you around.